Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome to our special holiday show. This weekend, we're bringing you our favorite animal stories. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's been 19 years since a little ball of joy and fluff came into my life and changed it forever. I was working for a property management firm in San Francisco and was asked to relocate to Texas to oversee an apartment complex there. Soon after my wife Linda and I arrived, the building maintenance man discovered a little mutt in a recently vacated apartment. The dog was in a clothes closet with no food or water. The maintenance man and his wife were unable to keep her, so Linda asked me if we could do so, just for a little while. I reluctantly agreed but added, just for a few days. I nicknamed the dog Shorty, and Shorty took to me like you wouldn't believe. She followed me everywhere. She was closer than a shadow, and when she lay beside me on the couch or in bed, you couldn't get a dime between us. Both Linda and I quickly knew that a little while was going to become a lifetime. When our time in Texas came to an end, we returned to San Francisco, where Shorty adjusted to being a city dog. We'd take her to the park and for walks around town, but it wasn't the same as when she and I went running out in the fields together, just enjoying the day and one another. That was truly our favorite time. In San Francisco, Shorty learned how to play baseball. She absolutely loved it. Linda pitched, I hit, and Shorty fielded the ball. She would catch it in the air, or at most on one hop, trot up to Linda, give her the ball, and then run back to the outfield and bark as if to let us know she was ready for more. As time went on, Linda wished she had a dog that was as devoted to her as Shorty was to me. So one day we went to the SPCA. Sitting in the back of a cage was a terrier mix, a little bigger than Shorty, but with the same coloring. He had the biggest brown eyes and was just begging to be taken home. And he was. Shorty and Buddy took to each other from the beginning, and people used to think they were brother and sister. Some years later, we rented a little house with a fence and a room for Shorty and Buddy to play in. By then, in her old age, Shorty started losing her teeth, and her tongue used to hang out of the side of her mouth. She also lost her sight and hearing. But Buddy became her eyes and ears. He knew that when Shorty went to the front door and barked once, the way she had always done, she wanted to go outside. But now she needed assistance, and Buddy knew exactly what to do. He would take her ear in his mouth and gently guide her down the steps to the lawn where he would lie down and watch her roaming around smelling everything she could. When she was ready to come into the house, Shorty would stand motionless, bark once, and again Buddy would go to her, take her ear, and guide her up the stairs to her bed. One evening the door was open and Shorty somehow made it down the stairs unattended, but she collapsed at the bottom. I carried her to her bed and she lay there for a day whimpering, just as she had 17 years earlier in that dark closet told Linda that it looked like it was about time. Linda knew what I meant and nodded. We took Shorty to the vet that night, and as expected, there wasn't anything she could do. She helped us feel better by asking us to think of all the positive things that Shorty had brought into our lives. I will always feel grateful for that. I decided to remain with Shorty. The vet left us alone in a room, and I stood just stroking her. I think we both gathered some comfort in being with each other. When it was over, I cradled her, not ever wanting to let her go. Today her ashes and her pictures sit atop our dresser. When the time comes, I've requested that I too be cremated, and Linda has promised me that she will scatter my ashes, together with those of Shorty, in the biggest field she can find. Then, Shorty and I will go running together once again. Hi, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Christmas obviously is a very special time for me, so I hope it is a special time for you and your family. Merry Christmas. 
As I sat enjoying a cup of tea one morning before work, my children brought a catalog to show me what they had found. They pointed at a picture of a t-shirt. They said it reminded them of me. Flattered that they were thinking of me, I looked at the picture. Then I frowned. On the front of the shirt, in large bold print, were the words, I yell because I care. But I don't yell at you, I said softly. This brought laughter and rolling eyes from my precious offspring. Oh yeah, mom, you sure do, said my oldest daughter. The second child chimed in with, all the time. The youngest put his hands over his ears in mock fright and spun around in a circle until he collapsed on the floor, giggling and dizzy. No, no, I protested quietly. How could they possibly think I yelled at them? I was a good mother. I listened and helped when I could. I was always there for them, lending support and love. But a mom that yelled? We can prove it, said the oldest. Every time you raise your voice, Bo Peep goes nuts. I eyed my little blue and white parakeet with suspicion. Bo Peep sat calmly on her perch, watching us. She was waiting for someone to notice her and perhaps come over for a talk in a little playtime. She thrived on the attention that four children could give. Okay, I'll prove it. I challenged them. Let me think of something to say loudly and then we'll see. I'd like to say that it took me some time to come up with an appropriate phrase to yell. But in all honesty, one just popped right into my mind. I cleared my throat daintily <clears throat> and then sang out, You kids, hurry up, or you'll be late for school! Before I finished speaking, Bo Peep was flapping around inside her cage, hopping from perch to perch, screeching, Deek! Deek! She certainly gave us her two cents worth. We all received a thorough scolding from the tiniest member of our household. It was a very humble mother who apologized then. The kids were right. I was wrong. I now realized the truth. I was a mom who yelled, after all. A few minutes later, the children were still laughing as they made their way out the door and on to school. I took another sip of hot tea, then turned and shook a finger at my feathered friend. Miss Peep, I began, only to be interrupted. Bo Peep puffed out her cheek feathers and said earnestly, You are so pretty, pretty, pretty. Beep, beep. Well, I could hardly argue with such an honest friend, could I? It had to be true. After all, a little bird told me so. As Carrie said that we're giving you all our best animal stories. And this next one comes to you from ASPCA President Ed Sayers. I did receive a new supplement to the book of Genesis regarding the dog and the cat. Yes, a newly discovered chapter in the book of Genesis has provided the answer to the question, where do pets come from? Adam and Eve said, Lord, when we were in the garden, you walked with us every day. Now we do not see you anymore. We are lonesome here, and it is difficult for us to remember how much you love us. And God said, that is no problem. I will create for you a companion that will be with you forever, and that will be a reflection of my love for you, so that you will love me even when you cannot see me. Regardless of how selfish or childish or unlovable you may be, this new companion will accept you as you are and will love you as I do in spite of yourselves. And God created a new animal to be the companion for Adam and Eve. And it was a good animal, and God was pleased. And the new animal was pleased to be with Adam and Eve, and he wagged his tail. 
And Adam said, Lord, I have already named all the animals in the kingdom. I cannot think of a name for this new animal. And God said, that is no problem, because I have created this new animal to be a reflection of my love for you. And his name will be a reflection of my own name. And you will call him Dog. And Dog lived with Adam and Eve and was a companion to them and loved them. And they were comforted. And God was pleased. And Dog was content and wagged his tail. After a while it came to pass that an angel came to the Lord and said, Lord, Adam and Eve have become filled with pride. They strut and preen like peacocks. And they believe they are worthy of adoration. Dog has indeed taught them that they are loved, but perhaps taught them too well. And God said, that is no problem. I will create for them a companion who will be with them forever and who will see them as they are. The companion will remind them of their limitations so they will know that they are not always worthy of adoration. And God created Cat. God created Cat to be a companion to Adam and Eve. And Cat would not obey them. And when Adam and Eve gazed into Cat's eyes, they were reminded that they were not the supreme beings. And Adam and Eve learned humility. And they were greatly improved. And God was pleased. And Dog was happy. And Cat didn't give a shit one way or another. This is Jerry Seinfeld saying happy holiday, happy new year, happy you, and see you next year. Where's my baby? Come here, baby. Who's the most beautiful in the whole world? You are. I love my pets. I know I get emotional. I love my pets. Our bond is so devotional. I love my pets. Yes, I love my pets. Who makes me so happy? I love my pets. My words are inspirational. I love my pets. You know that you're sensational. I love my pets. Yes, I love my pets. Who loves you? Who really, really, really loves you? I look at you and burst in song. They say I'm pet crazy. And pause right out. I can't resist. I'm singing to my widow babies. I love my pets. The brilliant things I watch you do. I love my pets. I cannot get enough of you. I love my pets. Yes, I love my pets. I love my pets. Who's the smartest? Who's the cutest? We are nothing. The face of yours, I can just eat it right up. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a Christmas present. What a good idea. Buddy, don't do that. 
Don't worry, lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot, over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pets stop resoiling in the house? Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome to our special holiday show with holiday stories and cheer. When my daughter Rachel was six years old, we went to the local shelter looking for the perfect cat. We liked a lot of the cats we saw there, but we were especially taken with a mother and her kittens. All the kittens were entirely jet black, except for one. She had a small white tip to her tail, like one bright light in the night sky. We brought her home and called her Star. Starry was a charmer. Rachel admired her proud manner and enjoyed even more the secret knowledge that it was all an act. Starry could only appear aloof for so long before leaping up into Rachel's arms to be cuddled and stroked. As time went by, Rachel and Starry adopted certain routines. At night when we watched TV, Starry crawled into Rachel's lap and stayed there, purring contentedly. Starry always rubbed her face along Rachel's chin, ending the love test with a gentle nip on Rachel's nose. Sometimes I couldn't help but feel the injustice of this. I was the one who took care of the cat, feeding, cleaning, grooming, yet Starry was clearly Rachel's cat. Eventually, I came to love watching their cozy bond. My little girl grew up, went to junior high, and finally high school. Starry was 10 and Rachel was 16. 
Starry and Rachel were still close, though Rachel spent less and less time at home. Starry spent most of her day sitting on the sideboard in the dining room, looking out of the window into the backyard. One Sunday morning, early in November, Starry got out the door before we could stop her. When Rachel's friend came over to study that evening, she came in the door with a worried expression. Where's Starry, she asked. When we told her we didn't know, she had us come outside with her. There was a black cat lying in the street. It was Star. The cat's body was warm and she didn't appear to be injured. There was no blood or wounds that we could see. It was after hours, but our vet agreed to meet us after our distraught phone call. Rachel was upset, but holding it together, my husband Bert and I told her to stay at home while we took Star to the vet. Bert and I picked Starry up carefully and rushed her to the vet's office. The vet examined her briefly before looking up and saying, I'm sorry, but she's gone. When we got home, Rachel could tell by our faces that Starry was dead. She turned without speaking and went up to her room. It had been a hard year for me. My father had died not long before, and I hadn't totally come to grips with the loss. Rachel and I were in the midst of the delicate dance mothers and teenage daughters everywhere find themselves performing, circling, pulling away, and coming together in odd fits and spurts. I took a chance and knocked on her door. When she said come in, I sat with her on the bed and we cried together. It was a good cry, clearing out some more of the grief I couldn't face about father and bringing Rachel and I closer as we shared our sadness about Starry. Life went on, Thanksgiving came and went. Rachel and I both found ourselves mistaking black sweatshirts strewn on chairs or floors for our newly missing black cat. The sideboard looked desolate, empty of the warm presence glowing with life I'd come to expect there. Over and over, little pangs of loss stung our hearts as the weeks went by. I was out Christmas shopping when I saw it. It was a Christmas tree ornament in the shape of a cat angel, a black cat with white wings and a red ball between her paws. I had to get it, but bought it wondering if it would be a happy remembrance of the cat we'd loved or a chilling reminder of our loss. When I got home, I painted a white tip at the end of the angel cat's long black tail and hung the ornament on the tree. That evening when Rachel came in, she flopped onto the couch. She sat staring at the Christmas tree, spacing out after a long day at school and after school sports. I was in the kitchen when suddenly I heard her gasp. Mom, she called. Mom, come here. I walked in and found her standing in front of the tree, looking at the cat angel with shining eyes. Oh, Mom, it's starry. Where did you find an ornament with a tail like hers? She looked about six again. I gathered her into my arms, and wonderfully, she didn't resist. We stood together, looking at the tree, feeling our love for Starry and for each other. Our charming, nose-nipping cat was gone, but now Starry, the Christmas angel, would be a part of our family tradition for years to come. Sometimes, you can make your own miracles. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. The extraordinary thing about any cat is the effect it has on its owner. Owning a cat, especially from kittenhood, is a lot like having a child. You feed him, you do your best to educate him, talk to him as if he understands you, and in exchange, you want him to love you. He can drive you mad with his independence. He can, just as surely as a child, create a tremendous desire to protect him from anything bad. He is small, vulnerable, wonderful to hold, when he lets you, and he throws up on just about the same regular schedule. Like children, cats exist on a separate and probably higher plane than we do. And like children, they must be at least partially defined by their relationship with their parents. 
And though they can do all sorts of amazing things, such as hiding in the tiniest room imaginable and refusing to be found, no matter how late you are for wherever it is you have to take them, they cannot write their autobiographies. My involvement with a cat was strictly accidental. In fact, I had to be dragged into it, kicking and screaming. I, of course, have a cat now, Norton. I treat this cat as very few animals, or people for that matter, have ever been treated. If he is asleep in the middle of the bed when it's time for my day to end, I sleep curled up in a corner of the mattress, happily braving stiff necks and bad backs, so he remains undisturbed. I worry about him, I talk about him, and to him, I have to add, to the point of idiocy. And if he doesn't sleep within a crooked arm's reach of my pillow, which he doesn't about one day a week, then I don't sleep very well. I actually worry that I've done something to offend him. I sometimes let him eat off my spoon, usually ice cream or yogurt. Chocolate's his favorite flavor, and it's a pretty funny thing to watch when he decides it's time to lick that sucker clean. It is hardly a one-way street, however. He does all sorts of things for me that are pretty wonderful for a cat. He goes for walks with me. No leash. His record in traffic is three blocks, which he does most Sunday mornings when I stroll to Sean's Murray Hill Market in Sag Harbor. Norton will wait for me anywhere, no matter where I leave him. If I'm at a hotel, I can dump him outside by the pool or in the garden and let him play there all day or night. When I go to get him, he will be nowhere in sight. But when I call or whistle for him, he'll meow exactly once, then leap out of his hiding place to rush to join me. I honestly believe I could drop him in the heart of an African jungle, leave him for a year, reappear, and as long as I could find the bush he was last seen scurrying under, he'd be there, waiting for me. If I, as I sometimes forgetfully do, close the door to a room, leaving Norton on the other side, he will howl and meow as if possessed until I open the door. He does not like to be left outside of anything I am inside. He trusts me. He is quite a comfort when I'm sad and makes being happy much more fun. He has seen me through broken hearts and illness and death. When a small gray animal does a little thing like that for you, how can you not let him sleep in the middle of the bed when he's tired? We wish you a squeaky Christmas. We wish you a squeaky Christmas. We wish you a squeaky Christmas with no fleas in your ears. We all love our dog toys. We all love our dog toys. We all love our dog toys. So bring one right here. We wish you a squeaky Christmas. We wish you a squeaky Christmas. We wish you a squeaky Christmas with no fleas. In your ears, they fill us with dog joy. They fill us with dog joy. They fill us with dog joy. So bring one right here. Good tidings to all of our two-legged peers. We wish you a squeaky Christmas with no fleas in.
this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, Judy, let's see. We're just about less than a week from Christmas. So I'm assuming you haven't even started shopping yet. You know, 7-Eleven's open till uh, <laughs> pretty late. There you go, Christmas Eve. More and more people are spending more and more money just to pamper their pets. It's obvious with the new line of products that are out now. And we turn to our friend at PetGadgets.com, Jeff Mott, who... At his website has the latest in technology. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, Hal. Hi, Judy. Hi, Jeff. All right. Okay, now you have a list, top 10 list, plus you have giveaways coming up. Let's go ahead and start at number 10. Sure. The, the tenth, uh, number 10 is a pet treadmill. Um, this is a really uh, upgraded version of anything I've seen on the market. It, uh, here's kind of a description here. Cold or rainy weather doesn't have to stop your pet from getting his exercise. This pet <laughs> treadmill... It's like the one found at human gyms and features an adjustable speed and incline. It also has an LCD display that shows you the time, distance, speed, and calories. Um, the unit has raised sides so your pet can't jump off. And you can start off really, really slow. And one thing I want to point out, uh, what a new feature on Pet Gadgets, is we have a, a button that you can click. It says to watch the video. And just about all the products have that now. And this is amazing. You can check out the video and see how, your, how the pet uh, does the whole process. And it's really, really fun to have them be part of it and, and have them some exercise for them. <laughs> now, I'd hold up the picture here to the microphone so that you can see it. But uh, that doesn't work very well. I'm wondering... Is it the size of a dog? Is it the human size? Does your human get on the treadmill with you? How does that work? Yeah, they have two different sizes. There's a 42-inch, and that retails for $5.99, and there's a 60-inch that's $7.99. And they're, they're very, very um, high quality. I mean, you could get on yourself technically, and it's actually uh, for dogs and cats, even though majority are using it for dogs. But it's it's very, very high quality. This is top of the line. There's there's nothing uh, that's uh, left, left off the table here. Are dogs like humans? It's a New Year's resolution. They start out in January, and then by February, it's just, you know, tucked in the corner, using to hang your clothes on. Yeah. Our dog's better than us. We're, we're to blame. We're going to give them all the nice cookies during the holidays, so we'll need to have this come the new year. <laughs> Okay, number nine on the pet gadgets list. Uh, yes, this is the Bada Beam Rotating Laser Cat. So I tough to say there, but it's an automatic laser that circles, pauses, and circles again. You can, it aims in uh, any direction, but then it kind of rotates. It's perfect for those times when the catnip mice and crinkly balls are just too dull for your jaded pet. Uh, batteries are included, and uh, your cat really will be mesmerized because it, it, it'll just kind of randomly rotate the, the laser, and it's uh, and it's safe, and uh, it, it occupies your cat for a long time. So that's a, that's a great product. How much does something like that cost? Sure, that's fourteen ninety nine. so very reasonable. Very reasonable. If your cat likes lasers and you just get tired of uh, putting them on the wall and everything, Here, here's like an automatic way to do it. It's the Bada Beam Rotating Laser Cat Toy. And by the way, I wanted to point out real fast, all of these items, you can uh, click to them right from the front page of AnimalRadio.com with a list and uh, pictures. I have pictures here, too. Going on to number eight. Sure. Number eight is the Flash Flight Dog Disc Kit. Uh, just because the sun has gone down doesn't mean the fun has to stop. This lighted disc allows you to play with your dog when it's dark. It's even water-resistant and floats, and it costs only $9.99. So it's really, really uh, uh, inexpensive and, and a lot of fun because sometimes you come home uh, from work and it's a little bit dark, and you can still have some fun with your your little uh, your friend there. <laughs> like a light-up Frisbee, and I see it in red and green. 
Exactly. Okay, moving on to number seven. Number seven is the Coolaroo pet bed. Most dogs have comfortable beds inside the house, but how about when they're relaxing outdoors? This raised mesh outdoor bed has been a favorite in the Mott household, that's us, uh, and it's, it looks like a small square trampoline, it, and it costs about $32. We've had this, uh, we've had two of them for about almost five years now, and let me tell you something, everyone comments on them, and our dogs just love them. They, they look like they have the best life out there. Oh, they look awesome. They look very comfortable. I could, <laughs> it's really I could cuddle up in one of those. <laughs> How much does something like that cost? It's $32. 30, that's a deal. Yeah, okay. and they're, they're very high quality. They last for a long time. And uh, we're counting down the top ten pet gadgets. If you're looking for last-minute ideas for your pets, we're moving to number six. Number six. Number six is the Funagill. That's actually a board game that people and their dogs play together. Friends and family match wits to see who is best at getting their dogs to moonwalk or do the wave. Um, and basically, the name Funagel is they're, they're saying that it's uh, based on your voice, treats, or gestures. You have one minute to get your doggy to do a certain trick or perform <laughs> some way. So it's kind of neat because you're you're involved with your animal in it, and it's, it's a real fun thing, and it costs $35.50. And I bet a Border Collie would be very good at that if you have a shit. I don't know if uh, you want to be playing with the Shih Tzu there. We learned that a couple of weeks ago. Counting down with Jeff Mott and to number five. Sure. Number five is the daycare DVD. Uh, this kitty daycare DVD keeps your home alone pet entertained. It's also for dogs as well. We have one for cats and dogs. The DVD features a soccer match consisting of six Maine Coon kittens. Other segments include in the continuous loop are fish faces, ritzy rodents, winged beauties, and nutty neighbors and feathered friends. And once again, we have a video on our site, which is just a who. I mean, you got to go on just to even watch the video. And, and the cost of this is fourteen ninety five. Also, a, a steal, I'll tell you, at fourteen ninety five. Our cats watch Animal Planet all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, I've got one, and I can't get Hal away from it. Well, so. you know, it's intriguing. Yes. Counting down the top ten, number four. Number four now, this is unbelievable. It's a, the Gentle Pet Spa. It's a whirlpool just for dogs. Huh? It's a constructed of lucite cast acrylic for durability. The non-porous stain-resistant surface is easy to clean and any scratches can be polished out. It has a generously sized bathing tub area, spacious shelf for shampoos and supplies, and a low-profile area so that you can easily get your dog in there and a rounded uh, front uh, corners there for human comfort so you're not having any sharper edges there. So uh, It has uh, lots of jets, five of them, and uh, it massages your animal. And this, once again, very high quality. This is not cheap. It's uh, about $1,200 as a soaker, and if you want to definitely include those Whirlpool jets, it's about $2,600. Wow. This is great because right now, and my wife will love this, we actually let the dog into our hot tub, and of course that's very hard to clean. Uh, and now we can get that additional Whirlpool just for Fido. There you go. <laughs> the gentle pet at uh, $2,500, $2,600? 2600 if you want to upgrade to the top of the line. Well, of course. I mean, I wouldn't. you wouldn't catch me with the $1,200 one, okay? <laughs> uh, we're at number three right now. Number three is called the Stairway to Cat Heaven. There is a lot to climb and explore in this large but easily movable structure. 
has six plush fur hammocks, plus the roof of the condo provides a resting and sleeping area. It, it went, once it's fully assembled, it's about six and a half feet tall, four feet wide, and about 50 pounds. It's, it's very, very um, fun for your cat, and it's, uh, it's once again another high-quality item that your cat will just love. It. If you have a few cats, they're just going to have a, a blast. And we actually set up a special um, section under cats called Activity Centers. And if you go there, there's a lot of different choices, and there's one that's called the Kitty Hawk set, but there's all different ones, but my favorite is the Stairway to Cat Heaven. It is uh, huge, and cats love to look down from high points, That's and right. so th- this is fun. And, of course, you'll see me around the studios with this. The cats will be looking around, watching me look for them. Ha, <laughs> 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 ha, he can't find me. Uh, counting down the top ten pet gadgets, last-minute ideas for Christmas, number two. Yeah, number two is going to be called the Black Mercedes Sports Car. And you did hear me right. It's the Mercedes, not Mercedes. This is adorable. It's an elegant, soft, plush dog bed shaped like a Mercedes uh, a car, uh, perfect for any queen or king of the house. And once again, you got to go on our site just to see this picture. I don't know if you've seen it, Hal, but it's adorable. <laughs> the little babies on there are just gorgeous. And uh, your, your dog is going to have the, the best situation having this beautiful wow. Mercedes. <laughs> like they're pretty happy in there and of course if you're one of those people that spoils your pet the black Mercedes sports car at $260 that's right yep which actually isn't that bad I mean for, for a Mercedes for a Mercedes that's right and now, it's, it's very it's a very high quality once again this is not no uh, no, nothing on the cheap it's not a furred <laughs> no Someone's writing your lines now. I don't want to deal. Okay, number one, the number one item on our top ten pet gadgets. Yes, this is called the positive ID. Give your pet the gift of good health this holiday season. This DNA at-home test kit detects more than two dozen hereditary diseases. If a genetic disease is identified early, veterinary care could help extend your pet's life. Tests for diseases like PRA, which is progressive retinal atrophy, a disease that strips away a pet vision and affects many different breeds of dogs. In fact, my, my dog had that. And if I had known early, that would have been great because we could have diagnosed it early and maybe done some things to hopefully, uh, you know, kind of put it at bay for a bit. You may not be one of those people that, that has a certain breed dog and you want to check the legit of it. It may be that you have a mutt and you want to find out what makes up that mutt because that could determine the health, the future health of your animal. So that it's, and I got to tell you, it's also 50 bucks, isn't it? Yep. That's and also, cheap. And another good factor that you might want to think about is it also has a DNA fingerprint uh, technology that will actually give you almost like a, the pet's genetic serial number. So the chance of ha- another animal having the same DNA figure- fingerprint is almost impossible. In fact, they say billions to one. So having this information gives pet owners the ability to absolutely identify their pet if it got lost or stolen. And it's a very painless uh, procedure. It's just a simple cheek swab. So, and, they, and the company will store all the information in a secure database for 15 years at no additional cost. What a deal. Yeah, and I want to just uh, mention right now is we have the ability right here on the air to give two uh, to two lucky winners. Wow. Uh, uh, we're going to give away a positive ID to two lucky winners and a pet gadgets hat to each of them. Okay, one uh, 405 There's no truth to this, that this is the same test that was used for the Anna Nicole baby. and. <laughs> oh, no. No, this is a different test. It's not a paternity. It's not a paternity test. This is for your dog. 
check his DNA and find out what his makeup is. Two of them to give away right now, plus two hats, 1-866-405-8405. And then if you're the winner of this, I'd like you to check back in with us. Tell us how the whole process goes. Well, I'm very interested. Yes, and my, my dog's getting it done as well, so I'm going to know it hopefully in the next week or so it myself. Well, you know, you can use it as a dog paternity in case your neighbor's dog got in your yard. <laughs> yes, good point. You could prove. <laughs> oh, and at 50 bucks, a great deal. Now, all of these items that you've heard today, of course, are available at PetGadgets.com. We have actually a link from our front page at AnimalRadio.com. You'll be able to see pictures and links and check out a whole variety of other items. Jeff Ma joining us from Pet Gadgets. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you, and happy holidays to everyone. Happy holidays. Hey. You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Hello in there. Oh, oh no. I, I can't believe it. He blew it again. I know, I know. I'll go talk to him. How hard is it for a horse to neigh? That, that's what horses do. Isn't that what we hired him for? He's just a little nervous. I mean, he's been chomping on the bit all day, and he's coming unglued. Well, he's going to become glue if he doesn't neigh in the right place this time. I just need one neigh at the end of this song. No sneezes or wheezes or other horse noises. Oh, I don't know. I, what part of neigh doesn't he understand? I... I, I just can't work this way. Well, he was fine in rehearsal. I know he can do it. Just just give him one more chance. 
Okay, but no more horsing around in there. Hello, Nelly. Oh, this horse. That was really good, but we're going to try it one more time. You're doing just great. Completely horrible. Remember, it's one neigh at the end of the song. No, Mr. Ed. Just relax. No, Mr. Ed. And just neigh at the very end of the song. He's out all All night sowing his wild oats. Are you ready? Oh, I hate this horse. Places, people. All right. Places. Neigh ride. Take 44. Okay, cue the clops. Five, six. Five, six, five, six, seven, eight. Just hear those sleigh bells tingling, ring, ting, tingling, ting. He's doing it again. He's grunting. He's going to be fine. I just know it. He just made over the best part. And he just blew it. Artistic liberties are really wearing thin. What was that? I don't know. He, he got a little confused. Grunting and sneezing and moaning and I'm so sick of this. He's just a little nervous. Give him a chance. He hasn't spent a lot of time in the studio. He's going to be put out of the pasture as far as I'm concerned. He's not going to get it. Fabulous. I knew he would get it. I knew all the time. Oh, super, super stupendous job, Nellie. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Jingle fish, jingle fish, under the sea. Can't light the candles on your Christmas tree. No snow for your little fish legs. No earmuffs for little fish heads. Submarine delivery for 
for you and your friends who live under the sea. Remember, we're streaming online 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just for you. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. Have a safe and happy holiday. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome to our special holiday show. This weekend, we're bringing you our favorite animal stories. When I was a puppy, I entertained you with my antics and made you laugh. You called me your child, and despite a number of chewed shoes and a couple of murdered throw pillows, I became your best friend. Whenever I was bad, you'd shake your finger at me and ask, how could you? But then you'd relent and roll me over for a belly rub. My house training took a little longer than expected because you were terribly busy, but we worked on that together. I remember those nights of nuzzling you in bed, listening to your confidences and secret dreams, and I believe that life could not be any more perfect. We went for long walks and runs in the park, car rides, stops for ice cream. I only got the cone because ice cream is bad for dogs, you said. And I took long naps in the sun, waiting for you to come home at the end of the day. Gradually, you began spending more time at work and on your career, and more time searching for a human mate. I waited for you patiently, comforted you through heartbreaks and disappointments, never chided you about bad decisions, and romped with glee at your homecomings and when you fell in love. 
She, now your wife, is not a dog person. Still, I welcomed her into our home, tried to show her affection, and obeyed her. I was happy because you were happy. Then the human babies came along, and I shared your excitement. I was fascinated by their pinkness, how they smelled, and I wanted to mother them, too. Only she and you worried that I might hurt them, and I spent most of my time banished to another room or to a dog crate. Oh, how I wanted to love them, but I became a prisoner of love. As they began to grow, I became their friend. They clung to my fur and pulled themselves up on wobbly legs, poked fingers in my eyes, investigated my ears, and gave me kisses on the nose. I loved everything about them and their touch, because your touch was now so infrequent, and I would have defended them with my life if need be. I would sneak into their beds and listen to their worries and secret dreams. Together we waited for the sound of your car in the driveway. There had been a time when others asked you if you had a dog, that you produced a photo of me from your wallet and told them stories about me. These past few years, you just answered yes and changed the subject. I had gone from being your dog to just a dog, and you resented every expenditure on my behalf. Now you have a new career opportunity in another city, and you and they will be moving to an apartment that does not allow pets. You've made the right decision for your family, but there was a time when I was your only family. I was excited about the car ride until we arrived at the animal shelter. It smelled of dogs and cats, of fear, of hopelessness. You filled out the paperwork and said, I know you'll find a good home for her. They shrugged and gave you a pained look. They understand the realities facing a middle-aged dog or cat, even one with papers. You had to pry your son's fingers loose from my collar as he screamed, No, Daddy, please don't let them take my dog. And I worried for him and what lessons you had just taught him about friendship and loyalty, about love and responsibility, and about respect for all life. You gave me a goodbye pat on the head, avoided my eyes, and politely refused to take my collar and leash with you. You had a deadline to meet, and now I have one too. After you left, the two nice ladies said you probably knew about your upcoming move months ago and made no attempt to find me another good home. They shook their heads and asked, how could you? They are as attentive to us here in the shelter as their busy schedules allow. They feed us, of course, but I lost my appetite days ago. At first, whenever anyone passed my pen, I rushed to the front, hoping it was you, that you had changed your mind, that this was all a bad dream. Or I hoped it would at least be someone who cared, anyone who might save me. When I realized I could not compete with the frolicking for attention of happy puppies, oblivious to their own fate, I retreated to a far corner and waited. I heard her footsteps as she came for me at the end of the day, and I padded along the aisle after her to a separate room, a blissfully quiet room. She placed me on the table, rubbed my ears, and told me not to worry. My heart pounded in anticipation of what was to come, but there was also a sense of relief. The prisoner of love had run out of days. As is my nature, I was more concerned about her. The burden which she bears weighs heavily on her, and I know that, the same way I knew your every mood. She gently placed a tourniquet around my foreleg as a tear ran down her cheek. I licked her hand in the same way I used to comfort you so many years ago. She expertly slid the hypodermic needle into my vein. As I felt the sting and the cool liquid coursing through my body, I lay down sleepily, looked into her kind eyes, and murmured, How could you? Perhaps because she understood my dog speak, she said, I'm so sorry. She hugged me and hurriedly explained it was her job to make sure I went to a better place where I wouldn't be ignored or abused or abandoned or have to fend for myself. A place of love and light so very different from this earthly place. With my last bit of energy, I tried to convey to her with the thump of my tail that my how could you was not meant for her. It was you, my beloved master, I was thinking of. I will think of you and wait for you forever. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. 
Log on. Learn more. Merry Christmas. From all of us at Animal Radio Network, we wish you the happiest of New Year's filled with health, prosperity, and close connections with our four-legged friends. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. I am moving to a really wonderful place in my native state of California to do something I love. I have spent this week saying goodbye to beloved friends and places with promises to stay in touch, easy to do with email and phones and letters. Even though I have a lovely and grace-filled journey in front of me, the farewells are tinged with sadness and grief. Isn't it always that way when we leave for something new? Gratitude for time spent with remarkable people and melancholy at leaving them. Because I can stay in touch with my human friends, the more difficult farewells surround my animal friends, specifically the ones I have been privileged to share the last nine years with in this beautiful forested ranch in the land of enchantment. Nine years in which I have come to cherish the daily and seasonal routines and habits of my wildlife companions. I know when the hummingbirds will return each spring, the week of April 12th. I always have their feeder ready for them a few days early. What will they think next year when I am not there to welcome them back with their sugared water? Will the next person to live here care for them? I know the western tanager, his brilliant scarlet head and beautiful black striped yellow feathers. He arrives every year in May and loves to bathe in the bird bath. Will he have bath water waiting for him next May? The bats have their own bat houses. They have a safe place to live. Unless the people who end up here are afraid of bats. They need to know that bats eat mosquitoes and are our friends. Will they care? I know when the bluebirds will nest in their box among the aspens. The babies will hatch in June and their cheeping will permeate the air with happiness. Memorial Day is the weekend the bears appear. This year, the biggest brown bear I have ever seen arrived right on time to eat from the bird feeder. By chance, I had happened to throw out some old strawberry cake. The nice thing about living in the country is that old fruit, vegetables, and yes, cake, can be shared with the animals. That gorgeous bear sat down and just ate every bit of that strawberry cake. Of course I got a picture. There are the deer and elk, bunny, porcupine, skunk, raccoon, possum, rats, mice, gopher, squirrel, fox, coyote. Today, I even saw a black-footed ferret. There are the red-tailed hawks, the rough-legged hawk, the owls, the bald eagle, and the cranes that migrate not to the east or west, but directly over my house every spring and again in fall. Their cries an occasion to look heavenward in awe and admiration. And my bobcat, his name is Shashandra. At special and always unexpected times, one can never know when a bobcat will allow himself to be seen. He has graced me with a glimpse of his presence. It is fleeting and rare. But during those glorious, precious moments, I am blessed. And my wild turkey friends, they love to nap in the shade of the pines and roost at the top of them at bedtime. Miss Clara is my elderly turkey pal. Whenever I walk outside, she comes running to see me. Recently, she has taken to trotting up on the back porch and peering into the living room. Miss Clara's head is all gray and her feathers a bit bedraggled. She is the matriarch of all the turkeys here, and every single one of them will step aside and allow her first dibs on the cracked corn I put out for their breakfast and supper. I will miss her so much. 
Of course, these animals survived long before I came into their home and will continue to do so. It is a bit of hubris on my part to think otherwise, but I am invested in their well-being. Not just in the bags of sugar for the hummingbirds or cracked corn for the turkeys or Rocky Mountain fancy seed mix for the rose-breasted grosbeaks, doves, sparrows, and nuthatches. My days are structured around their presence, their comings and goings, their appearance at the feeders or ponds or back door. They are my friends. When people think of New Mexico, they think of light and glorious colored landscapes, great art, Pueblo corn dances, turquoise skies, spectacular vistas, shopping in Santa Fe, and delicious food. All of that is true, and I will miss all of these. But more than anything, I will miss enchanted friendships with a bobcat, bear, bluebird, and an elderly turkey. And somehow, I hope that I have been the kind of friend they will miss, too. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.com. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know, because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal people is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. 
PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Please hand me the Kleenex. Some of these stories are sad. It's our holiday show, though. Showing our love for animals and our bond with them. It continues right now. While I was working as a maid for the Kuntzes, you know, Dean Kuntz, he's some kind of best-selling author. Anyway, I, I walked into Mr. Kuntz's office and found Trixie, his dog, typing away. I swear to God, you don't believe me? Dad teaches me to type. Hold pencil and mouth and type. At first is fun. Then is not fun. He says to me, write Trixie, write, write essay for website. Hmm, being a good dog, I write. Not fun, but I write. Expect treat for writing. Get no treat. Stop writing. Get treat. Carbo biscuit. Good, good, good. So, okay, I write some more. Dad promises website visitor my essay end of July. Must give up important ball chasing, important napping, important sniffing to write. Work hard. Writing hard. So many words. Stupid punctuation rules. Hate semicolons. Hate, hate, hate. Chew up many pencils in frustration. Finish article. Give to Dad. Then I rip guts out of duck. Duck is not real. Is Buddha duck. Stuffed toy. I am gentle dog. Cannot hurt real duck. Or even cat. But I'm hell on stuffed toys. Work off tension. Rip, rip, rip. Feel pretty good. Cough up soggy wad of Buddha duck stuffing. Feel even better. Dad gives editorial suggestions. Stupid suggestions. Stupid, stupid, stupid. He is not editor. He is writer like me. I pretend to listen. I'm actually thinking about bacon. Bacon is good. Bacon is very good. I am good, too. People call me good dog. Good, very good. Bacon is very good. I am very good. But I am not bacon. Why not? Mysterious. Then I think about cats. What is wrong with them? Who do they think they are? What do they want? Who invented them anyway? Not God for sure. Maybe Satan. Dogs are not born to write essays. Maybe fiction. Maybe poetry. Not essays. Maybe advertising copy. Here is my advertising copy. Bacon is very good. Buy bacon. Buy lots of bacon. Give to me. Thank you. <laughs> Dad gives me editorial notes for study. Eight pages. I pee on them. He gets message. Dad says he'll give my essay to Webmaster as is. Webmaster is nice person. Nice. She will know good writing when she sees it. Days pass. Weeks. Chase ball. Chase rabbits. Chase butterfly. Chase frisbee. Begin to notice sameness in leisure time activities. Pull tug toy snake. Pull, pull, pull. Pull tug toy bone. Pull tug toy rope. Uh, lick four paw. Lick other four paw. Lick a more private place. Still do not taste like bacon. Get belly rub from mom. Get belly rub from dad. Mom, dad, mom, dad. Get belly rub from Linda, mom and dad's assistant. Red Bleak House by Charles Dickens. Study the brilliant characterizations and ponder the tragedy of human condition. Hmm. New tennis ball. Chase, chase, chase. Suddenly, it's September. Webmaster asks, where is Trixie essay? Where? Dad lost. Dad got busy working on new book. Got busy and forgot Trixie essay. He lost it. My human ate my homework. Sort of. All my hard work, my struggle. 
those hateful semicolons for what? All for nothing. That's a loss. All for nothing. Feel like character in Bleak House. Worse, like character in Joseph Conrad book. Feel like getting an attorney. Get agent instead. Writing fiction. Novel. Maybe knock Dan off bestseller list. Teach him lesson. Writing novel called My Bacon by Trixie Kuntz. Dong already have invitation from Larry King and David Letterman. Be on shows, do publicity, sell book, get belly rub from Dave. Maybe get limo for media tour. Ride around in limo, chasing cats. Life is good when you're a dog. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com.
you know, I'm seeing all kinds of crazy gifts. I'm hearing about all the crazy gifts. It seems like this year, more than ever, people are spending more money on wild things for their pets for Christmas and Hanukkah. Isn't that strange? We want to hear from you. Give us a call right now and let us know what you're giving your pet. Hi, who's this? Um, Erica. Hi, Erica. How you doing? Good. Where are you calling from? From Oxnard. What did you get your pet? Um, I got my pet a helmet, a jacket, and some doggles. A helmet, a jacket, and some goggles or doggles, did you say? Doggles. But is it like a a motorcycle jacket? Yes, a black pleather jacket. Pleather, well, good. She's pleather, not pleather. There you go, that's very Very good. Does your your dog ride a motorcycle, I assume? Yes, with my husband. Okay, with your husband. I want to make sure that, uh, uh, because the last thing you want to do is send your dog on the motorcycle by himself. Not a good idea. And then then he's using the cell phone, (laughs) not really paying attention to the road, and all kinds of things can happen there. Well, congratulations. That's a great gift, a very uh, thoughtful gift. Gift. Now, does he like the uh, helmet and all of that stuff? Yes, he does. Is it, is it a big dog? A chihuahua. A chihuahua? <laughs> that must... Oh, boy, I wish I what could see a, a picture sight. of that. Is your husband a big motorcycle guy? Yes, he is. Oh, how funny. Oh, I, I could barely picture that there, driving the Harley uh, down the road with the chihuahua and the doggles and the leather jacket. Matching outfits. Yes, matching outfits. I love it. Well, Erica, thanks so much for calling. Hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. Tell us what you're getting your pet for Christmas and Hanukkah. Happy holidays to all of you. This is Jack Wagner sending you my best for the Yuletide season. Take care. Happy holidays, my friends. This is John Lithgow, hoping the season brings you closer to the people you love. Hi, everybody. This is Adam Sandler, and I hope you're enjoying the Hanukkah season. Happy holidays. I'm Quincy Jones, wishing you all the best in the coming year. Hi, I'm Ted Danson. Happy holidays to you. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Very exciting week. We have Ed Sayers, ASPCA president, joining us. Hi, Al. How are you doing? Exciting week we're having. Uh, Michael Vick sentenced to a longer sentence than we had expected, 23 months. I guess he won't be able to be around animals for uh, three years as he's on probation. I think the sentence was fair and appropriate. Yes. So the idea that he's not going to be owning any animals or having animals around him for three years is is a good thing. And I think the sentence is fair. You're fighting cruelty like this all the time. What is it that you guys are doing? Well, we brought uh, Dr. Merck on staff uh, two years ago, and she is the uh, only forensic veterinarian that we have in the country who's applying forensic uh, toward uh, cruelty prosecution. And so we're looking forward to having her join our staff. And and she had the vision of having a mobile animal crime scene investigation unit. Like a CSI vehicle. Like just like a CSI vehicle to go on the scene and be fully equipped with the forensic tools to gain, gather the evidence and to keep the chain of custody of that evidence and the integrity of the investigation. 
and at the same time have you know full ability to treat the animals that are on site, surgical suite, and all the medical supplies. And so we had this in our 2008 budget, and uh, we had a donor step forward who wanted to fund the entire $220,000 now and bring this vehicle on board in 2007 and with the idea not only to give Dr. Merck uh, the equipment and the tools that she needs, but uh, hopefully to see this replicated uh, in other communities around the country. What area will this vehicle cover? Uh, Dr. Merck is in Atlanta, Georgia, so that will be you know the hub of the location, but we will deploy it to, you know, you have to think the, you know, the high volume cases, the dog fighting, puppy mills, uh, hoarding, things where you have a lot of animal victims, and uh, potentially a lot of forensic evidence, and then, you know, high-level felony activity, things that are, you know, pretty serious. And What will this vehicle allow Dr. Merck to do that she couldn't do before? Well, literally working out of the trunk of her car. So, in other words, <laughs> evidence gathered at the scene that has to be transported by her back to her own uh, laboratory uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. She has a uh, facility there that she uses. And so getting that evidence from A to B is, is a variable that would be better if we had that chain of custody done right there. And needless to say, the animals. I mean, the animals have often suffered and need treatment right away, and the animals are actually evidence to the kinds of things that were done to them. So to have that examination, whether it's a necropsy for a deceased animal or treatment for a live animal, is literally evidence of the crime. And so this is now all wrapped up in, in one vehicle, and it's, and it's on site. Can you tell us who stepped up and who the donor is? Uh, the donor prefers to remain, remain anonymous. So it's a, I it's a private party, that. though, I assume, right? Yes, it was an individual and, again, had was aware of Dr. Merck's work. You've assembled a website, a brand-new website called FightCruelty.org. What is that, that? Yeah, and that's where you're going to see all of our anti-cruelty initiative work because this is actually phase one. Uh, next year, we're going to break ground on what we're calling the Anti-Cruelty Institute. And that's going to be a full-service veterinary hospital for the victims of animal cruelty. One of the many great programs you have going, check out ASPCA.org or www.fightcruelty.org, the new program from the ASPCA. President Ed Sayers joining us. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Hal. Really appreciate the time you spend with us. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Today, a special holiday show with uh, special stories. These are the stories that you wrote us about throughout the year, and we put them all together in one special holiday show for you. I first met Prince on a dark Thanksgiving Eve eight years ago when I returned from the city for the long weekend and went, as always, to feed my daughter's mare. Following a few steps behind the mare came a giant face out of the darkness, a head hanging like a broken branch from a crane-like neck a concave back, and a pace so slow that each step seemed painful. I had no idea how he got there, this caricature of a horse, nor where he should have been. 
It must be Prince, my daughter Jeremy said as we left him with a wafer of hay at his feet, his great neck lowering slowly. My writing teacher told me about him. His owners are going to sell him at next week's auction. They've already stopped feeding him. At sunrise on Thanksgiving, I went to the corral to look at Prince. There, between me and the rising sun, he was even more incongruous. His color was orange, his winter coat long and standing out from his body, his sagging back holding the ball of the new sun. His face was camel-like below a straw-colored forelock, and his eyes, even as I approached, were tightly closed, as if another morning was too much to face. Tear streaks marked crooked paths along his nose. He walked only when absolutely necessary with an arthritic stiffness, and his confirmation, by any human measure of horse beauty, was hopelessly wrong. Over the long weekend, Jeremy and I fed and groomed Prince with gentle hands he seemed to enjoy. He accepted his first carrot and his private pile of hay with cautious disbelief. We called our blacksmith, who put shoes on his front hooves, to even out his sloping posture and to relieve the painful tilt caused by too much weight in front. Of course, we couldn't just keep the horse, nor could we return him to owners so utterly uninterested in his welfare. I called to find out what price he would have brought from bidders at the auction. The answer came quickly. Prince's price was $112. At the end of Jeremy's Saturday writing lesson, I gave a check to her teacher. I never knew, nor wanted to know, the identity of Prince's owners. As the winter weeks passed, Prince began to change. Doggedly, he followed Jeremy's mare up and down the pasture, deeply in love. Now his eyes were open, russet pools in his barren, homely face. And he stepped a little faster to keep up. He still looked like a huge, shaggy toy, a horse exaggerated for a laugh. But he held his head higher. He swished his tail as if it mattered. And the rows of his ribs, which once had corduroyed his flanks, began to disappear. In March, our mare gave birth to a pure white colt in a drenching rain. It was our first-born horse, a memorable, a memorable event for my daughter and me, but a much more satisfying one for Prince. Although gelded, Prince was certain the colt was his, and fatherhood became the final miracle. Now he led the mare, guided the wobbling colt, and walked tall. It was he who chose their path, the patch of shade at noon, the green puddle of burr clover, and at mealtimes, he rattled the aluminum gate with one shoe, impatient if we were late. As his adopted son grew strong and challenging, Prince took over his discipline, never bothering to chase him, for there was nothing worth the hurry, but administering necessary nips along the way. There was no longer any doubt that he had been properly named long ago when someone's hopes for him were high. As the days of spring warmed, his coat fell away in tufts, each to be carried off to line the nests of larks and red-winged blackbirds. He put up with little girls straddling his scooped-out back, and now and then would carry them a few steps before stopping to close his eyes. And so he lived, a once-again prince, his self-respect restored, his days of ignominy long forgotten. He suffered Saturday shampoos, standing in a cloud of suds, feeling the squirt of the hose, drying off by noon, 
He stood long hours at the fence corner, gazing off toward the mountains, then resting his chin on a fence post to nap. Caught for a moment each evening between me and the setting sun, he seemed a golden horse, a misshapen pegasus, pausing between heavenly adventures. I returned early from a trip last summer to find Prince noticeably thinner. Tests revealed the presence of worms, which were quickly eliminated, but his weight continued to drop. A rich diet of mixed grains and molasses was added, served three times a day in a bread pan to fit his jaws. Still, he shrunk before my eyes, his ribs reappearing, the sag of his back emphasizing the emerging crags of his quarters. He still walked toward me, but he allowed me to do most of the walking, and he chewed each mouthful with less and less enthusiasm. The pill he now took once a day, powdered and mixed with his grain, had no effect. He spent his days in deep grass, seldom reaching down to graze. And more and more, I saw his eyes turn toward the mountains, far away. I spoke quietly at such times, reminding him how fortunate we both were, reassuring him that all would be well. But I knew better. The great orange horse was fading before my eyes and nothing I did made any difference. His mare and colt stayed near, but they seemed forgotten. He seemed already to have left them. His tear streaks lengthened, and as I dried them with my sleeve to keep the flies away, he bowed his head to allow me to scratch his forelock. On a morning in mid-October, Prince returned to the corral and lay down at last. By then he was the shadow horse I had seen long ago. He couldn't raise his head to nibble at the sweet-smelling breakfast I brought. And I called John, my friend and veterinarian, who skipped his own breakfast, to come to us. There in the corral, Prince went to sleep. It was all we could do for him. A gentle push toward the mountains he could now climb. We who choose to surround ourselves with lives even more temporary than our own live within a fragile circle easily and often breached. Yet, we still would live no other way. The life of a horse, often half our own, seems endless until one day. That day has come and gone for me, and I am once again within a smaller circle, still not able to believe that this evening I won't see Prince against the setting sun, head lowered, eyes half closed, tail a golden fall. He was, and is again, a prince to us. A special Christmas show for you today. All the animal stories we can find in the vaults today for you. For our special Christmas holiday show, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays from all of us. Hi, this is David Fry on Animal Radio. I want you to think about this. It's much more important what we learn from our dogs than what we teach them. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. 
Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Well, it's that time of the year that we're starting to think about our New Year's resolution. For many of us, it's to quit smoking. That's why this next story really disturbs me. This comes out of the Weekly World News, which is my only reliable source of... If you read it there, it's got to be true. Yes. What would Smokey say is uh, the, the title of the article. It's about... The cigarette companies, and they have found uh-huh. a brand new untapped market, your pets. What? Faced with dying customers and restrictive laws and lawsuits from smokers who get sick from using their products, cigarette companies have been on the desperate search for new customers. Oh, my customer base. Now they believe they found it. We're targeting pets, says Nicole <laughs> Graham, a spokeswoman for the Smoking Gun and Alliance of Cigarette Companies. The days of the dog fetching your pipe and the slippers, they're over. It's an exciting new market with no downside, says Graham. Animals like cigarettes. Uh, we used to give them to monkeys when we were testing nicotine addiction, and uh, we couldn't keep the little fellows away from the stuff. They, they got addicted to it, which is kind of sad. Uh, Graham listed some of the other advantages of having cats and dogs smoke. Well, pets don't care whether or not cigarettes are bad for them. Hey, this is what they're saying, okay? Oh, my gosh. Smokers are tired of being ostracized by the non-smoking community. They would love to have someone non-judgmental to kick back and share a smoke with. Uh, pets don't exhibit, um, you know, the effects of smoking. You know, they, they the natural dog and cat breath covers smokers' breath. And you don't know if they're just winded or simply panting, really, if, you're, <laughs> if your dog or cat is smoking. They, they also don't go through the annoying agony of trying to quit. Because they have a shorter lifespan. They'll probably die from something other than cancer. Uh, also, pets can't sue. These uh, There's a picture here. I'm going to post this picture on the website so you can see this cat with a cigarette in his mouth. It's, it's, it's just not right, folks. So if you can't smell it on your cat's breath, you, you know your cat might be a smoker if he coughs up black hairballs and your cat is white. <laughs> You, you, you know, your cat might be a smoker if you find cigarette butts in your ashtray and you don't smoke. Oh. <laughs> smelly cat, smelly cat, what are they feeding you? Smelly cat, smelly cat, it's not your fault. They won't take you to the vet, obviously not their favorite pet.
You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, Mike. Hi, how are you? Very good. We have Mike Arms from the Helen Woodward Center in San Diego. Mike, I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners the story of how you got into dedicating your life towards the animals, your New York experience. Well, sometimes I'm happy to share it. Sometimes I'm not because it puts me back there that day, but I will share it today. I'm from Kentucky, Uh and after I went to school for accounting, I went to New York, and I went to the employment agency, and they said, well, you're from Kentucky, you must like animals. And I said, well, (laughs) what, do you see a picture of a horse on a calendar and just assume this? They said, well, how would you like to work for the ASPCA? And I said, I have no idea what that is. They said, it's a place that takes care of unwanted, homeless, abandoned animals. I said, you know, I don't see the fit. And they said, you know, they need a more business approach. Well... Okay, I can do this. But I found out very quickly I couldn't do this. Mm -hmm. I had lost in my first eight months that I lost 25 pounds. Because I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. The Just seeing mankind's inhumanities to animals. The ASPCA at that time was killing 140,000 animals a year. Mm. And there was no discrimination. I couldn't take it. I just thought this was a very, very sick world we lived in. And I needed to get out of this field altogether if I wanted to, you know, maintain life. Yeah. So uh, an insurance company made me an offer. And I went back and gave my notice that I was leaving. And a guy upstairs had much different plans for my life. And he was about to let me know about it. Six days before I was leaving, um, I was told it was a dog hit by a car on Davidson Avenue in the Bronx. And I said, okay, get a driver out and get it. Mm-hmm. And they said, that's just it. There are no drivers available. So I did just what you would have done. No different. Oh, I yes. took off my suit jacket, put on a uniform jacket, took the ambulance out myself. And when I got up there on Davidson Avenue, this little black and tan shepherd terrier mix, looked like little Benji type, mm-hmm. was laying in the street, but his back was curved so badly, mm-hmm. almost bent him in half. The car that hit him hit him with such force, snapped his back and left him there to die. And as I got out of the ambulance to pick this little guy up, and he was just quivering there, if you could just picture the sad little guy. And just as I was about to reach down for him, these three fellows came out of this apartment building doorway and said, what do you think you're doing? And I said, it's obvious this little one is dying. I'm taking it to the hospital. Mm -hmm. They said, no, you're not taking it anywhere. I said, why, is this your dog? And the reply was, no. We are betting on how long it's going to live. And I said, well, you guys are really sick. I reached down, I scooped this little one up in my arms, and I'm holding him cradle in my arms, and I can feel his heart beating so hard against my chest, and I'm just looking into his eyes, and he had me locked with his brown eyes, and he just started to calm down. Mm -hmm. And when I turned to put him in the ambulance, that's when they beat me, stabbed me, and laid me in the street. That's when my whole life changed. This little one that should not have been able to move by any shape of the imagination found a way to crawl to my side, (sighs) to lick my stop until I opened my eyes and gained consciousness. And when I was looking back in his beautiful eyes one more time and I realized what took place, and as I'm laying there in that pool of blood, I just lay there and cried and prayed, please don't do it. Don't take my life today. Give it back to me, and I promise I will dedicate my life to them. Wow. Seconds after I made that promise, my little friend closed his eyes and crossed over Rainbow Bridge, and, and someday we'll take our walk. But <laughs> from that day to now, I have kept my promise, and 
and I'll do everything in my lifetime just to stop euthanasia, to increase adoptions, and to help my friends. Mike Arms wow. from the Helen Woodward Center, and you're what the holidays are all about. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. That's all we have time for this week. Have a happy and safe holiday. We'll see you for the new year.